6, Wildcat 91.9 Sports tackles the day's top headlines about your favorite teams, your favorite players, and who's putting numbers on the board. As always, Wildcat 91.9 Sports is supported by Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville, Mary Trust Credit Union, Meadowlark Hills Retirement Community, Focus Workforce Management of Manhattan, the Midwest Dream Car Collection, and by WTC Fiber Communications. Tonight's skill player is Jasmine Halliburton. She's not complicated, but she can't be replicated because no one is doing it quite like her. It's time to run it back with Jasmine Halliburton on Wildcat 91.9. I buy what I want to buy. We supply who buy. Walk in your drop and take over your drop. Walk in your drop and take over your drop. Walk in your drop and take over your drop. Walk in your drop and take over your drop. Ground, trap, hands, trap, pass, trap, pass, trap. Walk in your drop and take over your drop. Walk in your trap, take over your trap. Yes, I'm talking about K-State football. Walk into OU's trap and taking that mug over. That's what we're talking about here, and this is Running Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. I am joined here today with John Grove and Jake Foyle back in the studio with you guys on a lovely Monday evening. And it's just even better because, like I said, and like this man said, <laughs> Walking your trap, take over your trap. Mm, That's yes. exactly what they did. Walked up in their crib and absolutely tore their behinds up. We expected it. Did they expect it? Probably not. I don't care. I don't give a damn because K State got the dub 41 to 34. Just. Oh, it feels good. Is on it though? It feels really good, especially considering where you where K State was just at last week, where where every K State fan on planet Earth was just in chaos. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of opinions were being poured out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you, whatever you want to say. Uh, and then next thing you know, K State just shows up and just surprises everybody with possibly Adrian Martinez's best performance and just. Absolutely curb stomps Oklahoma's defense. This was easily, and I mean this by a lot, <laughs> Martinez's best performance at Kansas State. Um, debatably, even at Nebraska, I mean, he had a few really, really like yeah. Heisman-worthy almost games in his um, earlier seasons at Nebraska. But, man, he looked unstoppable in Norman last night or uh, Saturday night. I'm just saying, like, first and foremost, all of y'all people who was panicking, saying, burn this mother-loving place to the ground. Everybody got to go. Klein got to go. Kleiman got to go. Everybody, Martinez got to go. Somebody said, bring Jake Rubley out there. Like, y'all sounded stupid then, and y'all sound more stupid now. And, yes, I'm saying this out loud with my <laughs> whole damn chest. See if y'all would just calm your chest down, stop clutching your pearls, had your britches in a twist for nothing. Okay, look what happened. And this is exactly what, this is the Adrian Martinez we all thought we were going to get. And mm-hmm. we all knew that that talent was there. We talked about this last week, didn't we? We saw it. It was just, it, was a, it wasn't a talent issue. It was just a mental issue. He was being too careful because he went from one cutthroat fan base in Nebraska to another cutthroat fan base right here. And he was just afraid to make a mistake. But guess what? Guess what? Let me read you all the total offense, okay? We had 509 total yards of offense, 234 passing yards, 275 rushing yards. All right, 6.1 yards per play. You want to know how many turnovers that we've had? Zero. No turnovers. No turnovers all season, okay? So now this just proves that not only just like that he can ball out, but he can also still take care of the ball while balling out like he did. This is this is such good news for him, and this is such good news for all of us because, like I said, y'all can get y'all britches untwist, <laughs> okay? 
this is this is such a bright spot. This is something that they that I'm talking about. Adrian Martinez specifically can look on, be like, okay, this is the type of this is the type of ish I was on at Nebraska, but now I'm surrounded by a better team. We've talked about this. Everyone mm-hmm. is every single one of y'all who has invested in this knew this as well. He has a better team around him, so he can just do what he needs to do, like he did Saturday night. Then we in a damn good position, y'all. Just saying. I, I mean, a better team, better culture, and a better mindset. Exactly. I mean, we didn't really have to witness Adrian Martinez do too much in the first two games of a season. And then, of course, the third game against Tulane just had to happen. Um, but seeing him just just absolutely ball out, 21 of 34, 234 yards and a touchdown. Well, one passing touchdown, four rushing touchdowns. I mean, nobody could have asked for what for more than what he put out on the field last night. I mean, he torched Oklahoma last year at Nebraska, but again, it wasn't the Nebraska factor. They're going to find ways to lose in a, in a close in close fashions. K-State had so many weapons. The offensive line, they were up and going. He played great, yeah. Deuce Vaughn, just being Deuce Vaughn, you know, he's going over 100 yards, doing all the cuts and and jukes and all that stuff. That he 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 had a great outing. Uh, ben Sennett, he was just going off like. I mean, this is crazy. He had five receptions for 22 yards entering the Saturday. Then he had then he just had a career game uh, in which he got four catches for 80 yards. I mean, that is just uh, absolutely absurd. And and this just wonder this just boggles my mind. Like I, I was talking to Blake Crawford about this. It's like. We just saw the exact polar opposite of what we saw against Tulane. Absolutely. And not only that, but they went out there and they played like some dogs. You know? Yes. They they had a complete Uh attitude shift. They wanted that win, and you could see it on their faces. You could see it in their energy, and you could see it just with the way they played, too. They they wanted the football to start things off, and right after the first few plays, I knew K-State's offense was going to be in command just with how shaky Oklahoma looked early on, and the penalties really costed the Sooners as well um, for the most part, especially especially on a, on a few key plays, one which of the pass interference and all that, um, a few penalties on the special teams as well. Uh, K-State took all those advantages, and they just pounded it through the ground game, and they found a lot of great wide open shots as well. Uh, thought they could have done a little more with Cade Warner personally, but you, you know you don't need to have Cade Warner do too much when you have a, a, a few more uh, key contributors uh, help, helping out as well. Exactly, and you know media members talked to the players and the coaches after the game, and Deuce Vaughn said they came into this into this atmosphere in Norman with something to prove, and here he is talking about that. Just coming into the game, I feel like. We're overlooked by everybody, in a sense. After coming off a, a disappointing loss to Tulane, uh, after not playing the way that we felt that we could play as an offense, it's one of those things where it's like we came to play tonight. It's one of those things. This is the offense that we are. It's offense that we knew we have been for a while now, and we're getting a showcase, and we have to do that all night. Sorry, y'all. I briefly panicked and stopped it for a moment. <laughs> but there it is. They came in with something to prove, and Coach Flyman talked about as well, like after, after that loss to Tulane, they, I know, and probably behind closed doors, they was getting a behinds chewed out, just and that's and that's that mm. means more coming from the coaches than it does to any of us coming from any of the fans. Okay, and they just they just took this week like this is not us, this is not the offense, this is not what we did throughout all camp, throughout all spring camp, summer camp, fall camp. It was none of that. They were a shell of themselves, and it was just something that's been building up through the first two games to then just meet it in at Tulane that caused them to get the L. But then here at Norman under, well, let's see, it was like, what, 84,000? 84, 84, yeah, 85,000 people. Under the lights, prime time. Under the lights. And, of course, all of them damn lights that they had flashing every time they giving scored. Giving seizures. Even though, <laughs> giving that people seizures. Screens. Goodness gracious. They need to have a warning label every for every person that walks <laughs> in there and holds a ticket because they even did it on field goals. But it was... <laughs> It, the environment was so different. It was different than what they had when they came to Norman in 2020. In 2020, there was only like, what, 20,000, 25,000 people there mm-hmm. in an 85,000 capacity yeah. stadium. So that's what the, kind of what the worry was a little bit in the week of preparation. Okay, how is the crowd going to be a factor? Crowd, they took the crowd completely out of it, and that was and that was their goal, like you said, John. When they wanted to get the ball first, not only to get their offense like in like in gear, but to also get a chance to take this crowd out of the game as well. Well, let's keep this in mind as well. Not only are you dealing with a different atmosphere compared to 2020, you're witnessing a different 
coaching staff on the sideline in which Brent Venables, a defensive-minded guy, uh, previously under Coach Snyder and Dabo Sweeney, uh, limiting limiting defenses, uh, I I mean limiting offenses, excuse me, limited Nebraska to 14 points, uh, really um, they were just getting things going defensively all around. And Chris Kleiman just says, all right, we're just going to ball out on you. Uh, Adrian Martinez just absolutely runs it up your buns. And I, I, I don't know. I, 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 this was just like I was just completely stunned with what I saw, especially – well, because a lot of people were just praising Oklahoma's defense yeah. for the most part with the way they've been starting off. And it's been the, like the exact opposite with K-State. And uh, the, the, the overall performance was just – it was just shocking. It was just shocking. And that's something that kind of shocked me almost is, I mean, through those first three games, Oklahoma being a almost defensive power for a Big 12 team especially, and Brent Venables being, you know, the defensive coordinator at Clemson who is notorious for every year that they were in the college football playoffs and the national championship, having that just brick wall of a defense. Mm-hmm. And then yep. coming into Oklahoma with – Highly recruited guys, guys with a lot of talent, seniors who are producing high numbers, and then you put up. It was you, you give, let Kansas you, State put up forty one on you. You give a forty one, and oh my gosh, I loved it. I Opponent, loved every minute of opponents it. Opponents were only averaging ten points a game against that defense. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, they were. They were what I want to say. What top? They were like what ranked tied for fifteenth. Their defense was in FBS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like uh, see. Only was allowed 30 total points in those first three games. Was holding offenses to I want to say what 115 rushing yards at the at the max. Less than 200 yards passing. I'm trying to do this all by memory because they kept showing that up on the screen during the game about how good OU's defense was when Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn was absolutely torching that behind. So they just needed to make that relevant. But it was just offense. It was. And I like, and you guys said you guys were surprised. John, you said you were surprised. Jake said you were surprised. I wasn't surprised because we knew it was there. The plays were there. Mm-hmm. The plays were always there. It's just one. I know the first game, like I said before, South Dakota, just because we wanted them to hang fifty on their heads didn't mean they have to. Okay, cool. Mizzou. It was it was a rain. It was a lot of rain. A lot yeah, of that, elements that, played that, in. Yeah, that shackles your in. offense quite a bit in some of the things that you want to do. And then Tulane. It was that still was Adrian kind of looking like he was playing scared. The plays were there. The execution wasn't. That was typically right. the problem. That's mm-hmm. what I was able to see from like with the bird's eye view. Like yo, players were open, and that's and that's what he just completely flipped on a dime. Actually, I don't want really to say a dime because he did this all last season, pretty much his entire time in Nebraska. And it was just three these first three games that was kind of an anomaly for him that he did things that he know that he now that he does because what he did last night when he ran the ball or when he would just like I think it was like there might have been like uh, every time he had pressure and he like moved the pocket he would probably you know he would check that down but Saturday night he actually kept his eyes up and was trying to find somebody and there was one play on a third down and deep in like deep in their own side of the field I think it might have been after halftime in the third quarter, to where he was flushed out of the pocket. And he was, and he, you know, told Cade to go, like, to, to go, and he yeah. floated over to him, and it was just kind of a drop, a drop ball by Cade, but it was in his bread basket. That was something that he would have never done before. He wanted a little scamper, probably pick up maybe two or three yards, and then, you know, dip out and just try to see, like, all right, defense, see what you can do. And OU was like, all right, great position game. You know what I mean? That's just something. It's the it's the little things that he cleaned up that we all know that he could do. And for the wide receivers as well. I mean, sure, Cade Warner didn't have his best game as well. Right. But you look at some of the other key contributors, like I said, Ben Sennett, he 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 was he was huge. He was I mean he was probably one of the bigger contributors last night. Oh no, Saturday night. It's been a long it's been a long weekend. I understand. I understand. Um, Philip Brooks and Malik Knowles, they had some wide open looks as well. Kudos to them for getting for getting the opportunity uh, to create some space, um, find more leverage for Adri- for Adrian Martinez um, to to find find more opportunities to get the ball uh, to get the ball into their hands. Absolutely, and it was and I still just so much to say about this offense. You know, like you said, John, like Deuce is still going to be Deuce. Deuce you know what I mean? He had 25 carries, 116 yards, trying to get that streak back up. Of having that was broke. It was what what broken at nine games of nine straight games with a with a hundred of the over a hundred rushing yards, and then it was ten straight games with a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was broken at Tulane. Granted, who knows what would have happened if he didn't cramp up in the third quarter. 
But only thing, only thing I can say that I do not like is like, okay, that's two straight games. Deuce Vaughn has not gotten a touchdown. That's the, that's the only thing. But you, like you said, you you never know because what what OU's defense was doing, they keened on Deuce Vaughn so damn much and keened on the run so damn much. That's what gave Adrian Martinez the free reign. That I feel like two of at least two of his touchdowns came because the defense was crashing on Deuce Vaughn. That that was pretty much how it came how it came to fruition yeah. for at least two of his touchdowns. Yeah, and, and that's what I was hoping preseason is that teams would start to focus a little too much on Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, give Martinez the room to just blow it up, and then you know they start focusing on Martinez too much, give room for Deuce to blow it up, and that's exactly what happened with Oklahoma. And then when they did that too was when Deuce Vaughn was torching their behinds, and then Adrian Martinez was torching their behinds. That came that that kind of opened things up for Malik Knowles to get his first touchdown mm-hmm. of the season because yeah. he had that linebacker kind of creeping towards the line of scrimmage, and that gave enough room just for Malik Knowles to get that quick slant right there yeah. and to get into the end zone. That's just because of how much they ran the ball with Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez to get them to that point as well. Yeah, and in terms of and in terms of coaching, I feel like this was very reminiscent of the uh, Texas Bowl last year with Colin Klein being, that being his first OC um, game, or game as OC. It, it it almost felt like Colin Klein was back to that. Felt like an exact replica exactly. of what happened. Exactly. And and I loved it. That's what I want to see for the rest of the season. And I, I hope, you know, I, I don't want to be negative in, in any way, but I hope that we're not bipolar with this team, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the next week we're we're, you know, back to the two lane days, but Man, I, I have a I have a great feeling going ahead. Goodness, that'd be hopefully this that'll be a hard thing to come back from if they just want to yep, yep. absolutely <laughs> flip like flip a coin like that. Just just don't do that, okay? Uh-huh. But we'll be right back with some more K State football after this quick break. Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. I am joined in studio today with John Grove and Jake Foyle here. And we just got done talking about, like we hear, walking your trap, take over your trap, as hmm. K-State football came and tapped that behind crashed to number six. Crashed that wagon into a brick <laughs> damn wall, you feel me, against number six, Oklahoma, beating them 41-34. to And guys, if you've been consistently listening the past three weeks, I have done grades. But I'm coming into this week saying, forget them damn grades. Because when you do this, when you have such a wonderful performance, especially offensively, to to take down the number six team in the nation, which we know ain't really no surprise no damn more. I'm just saying three of the last four times we've played them, we've tapped that behind as well. So at this point, not really a surprise. They OU fans kind of, you know, shivering their little boots every time K-State pops up on the schedule. We know this. We can't be that surprised. Only thing that we've, you know, we've talked about that we have been a little bit surprised of is just how the offense just did a complete flip on its head. Oh, no, that was not a little surprise. It was earth-shattering. Earth earth-shattering surprise for John and for Jake. A little less surprise for me because, like I said, it's there. <laughs> the talent is there. The plays have been there. Just the execution has been cheeks, Okay. That's what the issue has been. And, of course, like we said, Adrian Martinez absolutely did his mother-loving thing, okay, with 234 passing yards. And mind you, he had 302 passing yards the entire, the first three games, okay. Then he had 21 carries, 148 yards, and four rushing touchdowns, and he accounted for just three touchdowns the previous three games. Just to let y'all know, give y'all a little comparison from Saturday night to the first three games of the season. Of course, Deuce Vaughn did what he does best. He had 116 yards and that brings us to K-State having that's the first time they have two K-State players with 100 yards rushing in the same game since 2017 Cactus Bowl and that's the first time against a Big 12 team since 2017 at the, another Oklahoma game. That was a lot. K-State getting over 500 total yards of offense does not happen as much as it should cuz the last time that did happen was 2019 against Bowling Green with 521 yards. And that's the most against a Big 12 opponent 
which was 535 in 2014 against Texas Tech. So look here now. K-State offense seems to be on that type of time now. Now K-State defense, we know they've been the strength of this team. Granted, was it the prettiest performance? No. No, it wasn't. But guess what? All you have to do is win. And win, baby, win. That's exactly what they did in the OU offense. It's literally OU offense. The 3-3-5 is practically created for an OU offense, okay? But sometimes you just don't get what you want, all right? OU had 550 total yards, 330 passing yards, 220 rushing yards, 7.5 yards per play. Then this is their downfall for partial good reasons. They were 4 for 13 on third down and had 11 penalties for 87 yards. That's no bueno for them, okay? But still... It's the defense that was giving they, – they gave us multiple chances. They, the third quarter for OU, which, you know, those homers from Fox Sports calling the game, we all know they were homers from time to time, you feel me? Mm-hmm. OU – exactly, that, that in-sync, mm-hmm. OU outscored <laughs> their opponents 52-0 to zero in the third quarter those first three games. They only scored three points on Saturday in the third quarter, okay? They still they, – they still tapped that behind just in a different way. That's all. And 14 of their points – pretty much came on one play. That's that's actually not pretty much. It was one play. There was a what was he? I don't know, what was that like what 65 yards the first the first play from yeah, Weiss. The, yeah, the Weiss. Yeah, but it was just like a complete miscommunication in the backfield. He just he it was it was basically supposed to be like a shallow slant that just went deeper cuz he saw there was no defenders right there <laughs> and just ran across the field for a touchdown. And then uh see Mims Ab- Marvin, he, Mims, Marvin yeah. Mims pretty much made burnt toast out of out of uh, Omar Daniels. That's what it just straight beat him from the line on the go route. No moves, no moves off the line of scrimmage. Just straight up, pew, ran right past him for the touchdown. That was that was pretty much that was the only issue really with K State defense. But like I said, I'm not giving no damn grades because when you when you keep OU from winning, top ten AP poll OU from winning. You get you already get an A plus, all right. And all Kobe, those, all the categories A plus. All the categories mm-hmm. are A plus, cause you know what? I don't give a damn, cause they won, all right. And then Kobe Savage, he had 11 tackles, led the team, and he's also was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. So applause and a congratulations to Kobe Savage. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, now looking forward to uh, Texas Tech. Who you know is now at an 11 a.m. game on ESPN Plus after Texas Tech just beat Texas, who was ranked number 22, ranked questionably after losing to Alabama. But you know I'm not in charge of any of that. But that's what they did. They had an overtime win against Texas, and now that's what K State is looking forward to next. So all in all, we've learned pretty good things about K State football this past week, and we love to see them do it again. But now moving on to some other things, and now on to some NFL a little bit. If you guys have not heard, okay, that the NFL replaces the Pro Bowl with Pro Bowl games featuring week-long skills competitions and flag football game. I need I need to know what is all opinions on this because honestly, that the Pro the Pro Bowl like the actual game itself is straight up booty. It and used, I don't. And I kind of don't mind this. It used to be a little more entertaining when it was back in Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, back at Aloha Stadium until they had to shut it down. It just didn't have really the same type of feel that it has. Like nobody really wanted to play there. Like I don't know. I just never, never felt as if like it was really anything to get too excited about. Um, but so it was. Um, what 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 was it like? Yeah, flag. Flag football. Yeah, yeah, it's or... gonna it's gonna be replaced. The actual game itself, it sounds like it's going to be replaced by flag football, which it's practically already damn flag football itself. They don't yeah. tackle each other. I mean, this <laughs> at least they can do a little bit, a little bit extra without wearing getting hit. Okay, there yeah, there is yeah. that. But the things that I like, it's so it's week long now. They're gonna focus on the fun parts, and that's the that's like that's the skills. That's that's the skills when they do the throws and they do the fun games when they race. It seems like it's gonna be stretched into a week long instead of just two days prior. I actually find that part enjoyable. I really do. The target practice with the QBs, or now it's a QB and their right receiver to see if they can just you know the wide receiver can get a deep ball or whatever it is, and just all types of stuff. I think that's fun. They have no problem with that. The game itself is just what was just straight up booty. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like I love the the skills competition because it's almost like watching a game show but football themed. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And um, I mean, I get it. Getting rid of the the actual game itself, you you know, avoid unnecessary injuries. Yeah. It's a game. No, none of the players are like 
too hyped up about like yeah pro bowl selection is cool on paper but in the end of the day like it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. you know what it, i'm saying it's, it's turned into something that really doesn't mean anything exactly and so um, i think it's a smart decision by the nfl to do this and honestly like it could end up being a lot more fun it should because like that's what they just want to it's supposed to be fun the past the past you know decade 20 years or so it's turned into something fun less serious i know there's only like one highlight from a pro from a pro bowl game and that was Sean Taylor absolutely leveling a punter that was <laughs> it that's the only highlight people can think of when, since this thing has come to like was it it started in what 1951 so that was like what 71 years yeah. of a pro bowl game and that's the only entertaining part was was Sean Taylor that's it yeah. I, I looked up I looked up the article. Sorry about that. No, uh, I looked up a uh, article a little bit, and one of the bigger factors was about players getting hurt, and they were going to treat it more as if it was an exhibition rather than an actual competition. In which, mm-hmm. I mean, no, to be to be fair, has been pretty much that way for for a long time. Um, it says it would increase the competition while well, the flag football would increase the competition while avoiding injuries, whether it's tackling, blocking, or hitting. I just find that stuff a little bit interesting. Um, but for kind of taking this route, but I don't think it's the worst route to go, especially considering that the, the viewership as well has kind of taken a decline during the Pro Bowl as well. It wasn't anything too big or eventful. It just kind of, It's just kind of dipped down lately. Exactly. And last year's Pro Bowl, that was like the, at least the game part. That was the first time I watched in years. Then I watched. I'm like, this is why this is the first time I've watched it in years, <laughs> because this is it's just not entertaining. It's like it's it's barely a step of like seven on seven, but even then, that's not even like going. I know I'm not expecting them to go full go. I get it. I get why they're not because they got money on the line. They hands is they money. They feet is they money, and so are their knees. Okay, you feel me? I understand this. I'm like, why do we have to be? It's like just scrap it. That's what I was saying. Just take, just take it away. If this is the product that we're supposed to have. Yeah, and honestly, like this also opens up room for um, some of these stars to get a lot more like spectacular plays in. Mm-hmm. You know, like I. There's a there's a video that's been around on Instagram for a while of Tyreek Hill going against like I don't know how was many it, flag football it? players like little kids oh like a little race or something no they're just all oh, trying no. to get him it's like a punt return and he he's just like running around like Tyreek <laughs> does and they can't get him I mean who's to say that's not gonna happen in the new Pro Bowl like you know what I mean I mean yeah it, it's it's I'm excited it's gonna be fun yeah it's something different it's not exactly it's just like the, the game has been it's been boring. Hell, Mac Jones was the MVP for the Pro Bowl game last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, no disrespect to Mac Jones, but like, hopefully I'm, he's take able to, take that as you will that he was the MVP last year. Hopefully, he's able to get a recovery on that mm-hmm. that injury. Oh that yeah, high brutal. ankle sprains. High ankle sprains take the longest to heal. Like one of the longest. It's it's it takes longer for a high ankle sprain to heal than a lower ankle sprain to heal. So hopefully, he'll be back in. But maybe it's for the best because you literally are sharing offensive duties between Matt Patricia. And what's his face <laughs> from the New York Giants who only lasted a season? So, Godspeed to the rest of that offense, really. Um, but mm-hmm. yes, now everybody that is going last year was it for the Pro Bowl game. Now things are getting fun as they keep the skills competition, and we'll see what things are all about with the uh, flag football. But now moving on, something a little more exciting than I think, at least in my <laughs> opinion. Okay, Rihanna. Okay, okay. baby Riri. She is going to be the halftime performance of the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm excited. I know, John, I don't know if you knew this, but yes, she is. People thought it was going to be Taylor Swift. I'll tell you this right now. No offense, Taylor Swift. Thank thank God it's not Taylor Swift. I I saw it was Taylor Swift like a a week or two, like a a bunch of rumors that almost as if it was almost going to be true, but... Uh, I'm happy that it's Rihanna. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like 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 you said, Jake. I have no beef with Taylor Swift. Okay, just the vibes with it. It doesn't match in the show. It does not match. It doesn't. And the same thing happened with um. Gosh, who was it that performed? It was like one of, like recently, pretty much. It was it's a it's a Super Bowl performer that you forgot was a Super Bowl performer because they brought out Bruno Mars and Beyonce. Coldplay. It was Coldplay. Coldplay yeah, exactly. was the halftime performance for a Super Bowl. I don't remember what it was. It was probably like 2014, maybe 14, 13. Uh, I want to say. It was more recent than that. 
I, it was it was it was something. out of place. It, it was like Coldplay it, wasn't even in their prime. Exactly. In their prime yeah. Why would you bring Coldplay? But then Coldplay was able to give a call to Bruno Mars and Beyonce, and that's why people <laughs> forget that Coldplay was the halftime performance because Coldplay knew what they were Let's doing. See, it was, yeah. I believe, Super. Oh, it was Super. Was it Super Bowl Fifty? Mm. I think it was Super. Yeah, Super Bowl Fifty is when Coldplay was on. Okay, there. what year was that? Because honestly, I stopped. I stopped doing the Roman numerals. That was anymore. that was 2016. Oh, that was the year my Broncos won the Super Bowl. Okay, mm-hmm. I knew. I knew. I think I was. I knew Seattle was in it. Long time ago. Oh no, not year. Seattle. It was uh, Denver and Carolina. Oh, the, oh, okay, wrong one. Okay, never mind. When, yeah, Denver when, and, Car- and when Carolina. Cam was. Newton decided to go back to his uh, oh, Jesus, good old playing days and. That hurt me. That made me that happy. Cam Newton jersey's still just collecting dust in my closet. But still, anyway, that's this is that's what the probably the situation would have been if Taylor Swift was if that rumor was true that Taylor Swift would have remained. Because like like I said, like you said, Jake, the vibes just not yeah, matching. Uh-uh. But it feels better that Rihanna is doing it now. Just the bigger question is Rihanna with what music? You feel me? She ain't come out with any new music in the last <laughs> six years, almost seven damn years since I've been at K State. She ain't had no new music. So I don't know what the heck she going to play. Everybody else had new songs, or at least recent songs. If she's going to do a throwback, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to be lit on my couch regardless, okay? Yeah. But still, with what music, Riri? And perform. She's been on her Fenty business. You feel me? That's what people think she's going to do. She's going to come out at halftime, promote her Fenty athletic wear, then dip out. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> what it's going to be like. Hey, buy the new Fenty boxes, gentlemen. Ladies, get the new Fenty uh, yoga <laughs> pants. All right, I'm out. Just hit us with the classics, Rihanna. Give me Umbrella. I get it, but like, I want that. But we all, but her fans want new music, Jake. Her yeah, fans want new music, Jake. They need, they need but her, her classics are her classics classics are fire for she, a reason. And now she think like she had done a couple songs with Drake, so who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. Drake will come out. I actually, I, actually, I can't doubt it because I feel like Drake still has a massively weird crush on Rihanna, so we'll see. But still, <laughs> doesn't matter. That's what that's what it is. Okay, it's going to be Rihanna at the halftime show. Then we have the Pro Bowl. Now, hopefully, it's going to be more fun and less boring. Okay, that was that's on that was on the NFL side. Well, wait, wait, let's wait. let's just acknowledge the fact that we're that us two are no longer on the platform of pain this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no talking, sad Naruto music. You're talking like John. You didn't have the worst primetime game ever. Oh, Eleven to ten right. against boy, San Francisco. Uh, my boy, that was a little that fair was, enough though. Our, yeah, offen- our offensive line is so bad. And this is no dis- disrespect <laughs> to Dalton Reisner, but oh my gosh. My eyes were bleeding all night. Yeah, like offensive line excluding Dalton Reisner was <laughs> trash. You know, I didn't really watch the whole game because I, I think didn't go to sleep did, and go to I think he did but. set up a block for Melvin Gordon, though. To, to score, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. That's nice, but I know they had to. What is the new coach's name? They, Nathaniel Hackett, and I already despise yeah, yes, him. Yes, Nathaniel He's Hackett. This man just just oozes newbie. If that mm-hmm. really makes sense, like his game management. Luckily, he's not doing what Mike McCarthy is and just keeping the game management just spicy and bad. He actually ha- kind of hired somebody to control game <laughs> management while Nathaniel Hackett is still calling plays. I feel like it made it, it made it a little better, a little better, kind of. You got You have to find positivity somewhere, John. I know. Uh, I know you're you're in this deeper than I am. The defense, the defense looked really good though. Yeah, the defense is fine. You are, we knew that coming in. The defense was not going to have no issue. They they've had a stout defense for a couple of years now. It's the offense that always be having. It's these it's issues. always the offense, and even when you bring in Russell Wilson, it's not always going to fix all your problems. Clearly, which is really disappointing because I thought that was that was I thought that was the biggest problem. I guess it just takes it just takes time because how we talk about teams. This is what week three. We you can't really take anything serious until like week 10 to be quite honest with you yeah. about like all oh, this team's doing bad all oh, this team's three and oh they're freaking great you know who else said that when they, some team was three and oh and they're freaking great the <laughs> carolina panthers were freaking great this time last year and look at them you feel me look at them people was all getting they, like they're they're knickers in a twist because the carolina panthers and they did the same thing <laughs> with the uh, say pittsburgh steelers a few years ago when they went like nine and oh I mean, those wins were a little sketchy themselves, and then they just crumbled later in the season. You can't really have nothing really matters until week ten. So, John, I still think there's there's still hope. There's still hope. Russell Wilson still a damn good pickup. And <laughs> one, you guys were the only team in the AFC West that actually won yesterday. Yeah, okay? Jay. Yeah, you. <laughs> what one of those play calls? What <laughs> what happened yesterday? Chris Jones happened. You Chris know, Jones. I mean, what was that? That was a what he said. call. I, yeah, like, like what warranted what, a flag for well, trash what did he talk? Say? Well. What I thought was really what hold y'all back was that 
muffed punt return. Yeah, there there on. there were just a lot of mistakes, and that's why I'm still confident as a Chiefs fan. You know, we we got. I mean, is are we back on the 17 game thing now? I forget. Uh, yeah, yeah 17. okay. Yeah, still we got plenty of time. I'm not good at math. 14 games left. You know, there we go. Plenty of time to figure it out. We. Oh man, I'm just. I'm happy. I'm I'm doing good. We got that Oklahoma win. That's all I need, you know. Dang exactly. it! I was I was take the Chiefs I, loss. I was I was setting up a trap like I did with Jasmine. Hey, I, I will not <laughs> fall for that mess again. Okay, actually, I know I will because the Cowboys is always gonna find a way to just. You got y'all got the Giants tonight. For one more Monday night football. I swear, if we lose <laughs> to the Giants, <laughs> I, but I can't think like that. I can't think like that. No, see, you were trying to do it again, John. <laughs> I see you. You ain't going to get me not tonight because I'm like Jake, all right? Uh, Oklahoma lost in case they won, right, right, okay? Right, right, There's still a little right. bit of hope, you feel me? There's so still hope. don't destroy my joy, okay? Don't destroy my joy. No sad Naruto music, and God willing, no sad Naruto music <laughs> next week either, okay? It's good vibes, and good I know vibes. and I know you guys probably don't like me because I'm a Cowboys fan, but if y'all want to no, send I me just, good vibes I, I, it's not, from no, the it's airways, just, people, just no, I just, a little I, something. I just, enjoy, I just enjoy hearing your reactions. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> and honestly, it feels very therapeutic to give them because this, <laughs> this microphone is kind of like my couch, really, in a therapy session where I just kind of lay vertically and just... Or was it horizontally? Yeah, horizontally. Horizontal. You can lay vertically or horizontally. It depends what kind of skill you got, and who knows? I may just have that kind of skill. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. All right. I know I like I like to rant because it's therapeutic, and I know you guys are the only ones that will listen to me about it because sometimes I make it funny even though my pain is real. But anywho, <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, that's still not the damn case, okay, people, and we'll still be fine. But okay. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I still had to get that out. You still ain't get me, John. I I appreciate your game. I appreciate your hustle, but relax, <laughs> okay? Relax. Well, no, I was ultimately trying to set up Jake tonight. That didn't work. No, it didn't work, it didn't work. work because we saw you trying Cats to get me. That's for ninety. That's right. Jake, Jake is learning, and I appreciate that. But people, we will be right back to talk about something that happened a little bit spicy on the NBA side of sports that happened this weekend. I mean, I say spicy. Baby, I mean spicy. Baby spicy. We will be right back. Welcome back to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. I am Jasmine Halliburton. Joined in studio with me is John Grove and Jake Foyle. We talked about K-State football and how they tapped that behind in Norman, Oklahoma. We talked about how, let's see, what is it? The NFL is taking away the Pro Bowl game and replacing it with a flag football game and just a week worth of skills games. All right, that'll be fun. And we talked about Rihanna being the halftime performance for this year's Super Bowl and we's about it because it's not Taylor Swift. No mm-hmm. beef to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. He promised all you Swifties out there, do not come at us. But speaking of ads, you can follow me on Twitter at Jay's with it too. That is J-A-Y-S W-I-T-I-T and then the number two. John, please hit us with your socials. Uh, so Twitter is John Grove O2. Uh, no spaces at all, just John Grove O2. Well, well, without the H because I don't have an H in my name. Yes, this uh, man's weird. W. Wow. It's okay. Uh, weird is good. Weird is good. I'm weird. <laughs> Come on now. Um, <laughs> uh, Instagram, same thing. John Grove 2 uh, And then I also have K-State Game Day on Instagram as well, which I just got an explosion of followers after. Hey, hey. The, Heck yeah. At, after just what has aspired today, especially on the men's basketball side. We got to touch on that real quickly. Yeah, we do. And Jake, please, your socials. Instagram, baby. JakeFoyle33. That's, yeah. that's all there is. F-O-Y-L. Oh, yeah. Just like aluminum. Used to be Wildcat Nation Daily as well. R.I.P. Rest in peace. That was a fun account, though. Uh-huh. Bring it back. Revive it from the ashes. Why back. not? I mean, why not? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. 
because why not? Just we just lost. We just lost one today. We got. We got to bring one back. Exactly. Yeah, we go. But I know I left y'all with a little bit of a cliffhanger, and I know John will get to some of that other stuff probably a little bit if we have some more time. But that cliffhanger that I brought y'all on, okay, before we had to go to break, a little bit of spiciness Hot that you and may spicy. have. Oh, the hottest and the spiciest, baby. Okay, that Boston Celtics coach Ime Udoka has now been suspended for an entire season for relationship with a member of the franchise's staff. Okay, and I tell you, that has been, that was the kind of the talk of the town, of all the towns, this past weekend. Because one, Ime Udoka, he was a fir- he's a first-year head coach with the Boston Celtics that just took them to the NBA Finals. Okay, you feel me? So clearly, this man is is precious. But now problem is... This whole thing of him having a relationship with a female staff member, which was leaked by the Boston Celtics themselves for some strange damn reason, because this should have been taken care of in-house. But it's just been this whole dramatic thing. Adrian Wojnarowski, he made this super cryptic message in the middle of the night over the weekend about Ime Udoka <laughs> saying, oh, he's looking for suspension because somebody did something wrong. I'm very much, I'm, I'm sub-quoting here. Okay, that's not really what he said. Then you had Shams absolutely flat out say, yeah. He's sleeping with somebody, and that's pretty much how this whole thing kind of just came to fruition. And now it's just a whole bunch of dramatic stuff coming from the Boston Celtics organization because they suspended him for an entire season, but they don't want to fire him because, like I said, they fire him after they just took him to an NBA final his very first season. Somebody's going to pick that man's behind up, okay, and they do not want that. But instead, a year-long suspension, and I do believe a they're cutting his salary by 50%. I believe so, yeah, and 50%. It's it's really, and people were trying to figure out who the female staffer is, and there was a lot of speculations out on Twitter that had to be shut down quickly because people were finding the wrong women, <laughs> okay? They're like, you put, they put their faces out there and their names out there, and I'm like, bro, you ruining somebody's career, okay? Don't, don't be doing all that, all right? And then there's this rumor swirling that he actually was having relationships with the VP's wife. So that's probably why it it came as as just as rough as it did, and why the Boston Celtics even leaked this. I don't know why because they handled it so poorly, but it's just so incredibly dramatic, guys. Just so unnecessarily dramatic. Like this is pri- this is coming up to on the NBA season as yes, well. Yes, the NBA mm-hmm. season starts in like two weeks. They have all this stuff happen, and the NBA season starts in two weeks. And the Boston Celtics were uh, they they made some offseason moves that will make them better after going to the finals after the, them being the Eastern Conference champions and they made themselves better. But now, what the hell are they gonna do? Now they have this some other guy who's never been a head coach, even though he's had head, he's like applied for head coach positions. Okay, he was good. He was with Utah. Now he you know he was uh, gonna be an assistant for the Celtics. Now he's all of a sudden gonna be a head coach. He will be the youngest head coach in the NBA this upcoming season at 34 years old. You know, you can always hope for the best. No one knows what will happen. Because the beginning of the season for the Boston Celtics was real trash, and they ended it going to the finals. So we don't know. But it's a rough situation for them to be in. My question for Coach Udoka, why you gotta? Aren't you busy why enough you coaching gotta? an NBA basketball team? Not when your side piece works in the same building, I guess. I don't I, know. I mean, do you have to have a side piece at that point, though? Like, I mean... It, oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't get it personally. Bro. I mean, but but what really gets me is that his his I don't even want to call her his main chick because that's too disrespectful to miss Nia Long. His his girlfriend was Nia Long. For those who don't know, like Nia Long is just the just the pinnacle of like '90s movies, and she just there's like in like in the look in my in my community she can do no wrong. Okay, Nia Long is just a beautiful, wonderful person, and he cheated on her with a questionable woman, and they all, I think somebody all found this out from a doorbell, from a doorbell camera, a ring camera, one of those, I think the side piece, whoever she may be, was on the phone with Ime, and it was being recorded from the doorbell thing by somebody. I don't know, but that's supposedly how all this stuff got leaked, and now it's just a whole mess that really should have been kept in-house, Okay. Because it was this whole thing should have been kept in house, should have been kept quiet. They just should have said like, "Yo, he made you don't get suspended for a whole season," and just let us question what it was going to be about. They'd be like, "Yo, ask him why he's why he's suspended," and then just leave that at that. But no, they took the mm-hmm. airways. This got a lot of attention from a lot of people when attention probably should have been elsewhere. I'm I'm talking about you, Brett Farb. Okay, <laughs> but that's but that's still besides the point of what happened. So that's super duper dramatic. And it'll be it'll be the talk of the town pretty much the entire NBA season, especially depending how well or how bad the Boston Celtics do when the season starts in a couple of weeks. 
Uh, it probably doesn't help him now that uh, Robert Williams may be out for a season as well. I think he's going on uh, knee surgery. And he just had and he had a knee surgery before the before the uh, had a, before the playoffs last year. He had a, I think he had a knee surgery. He was gone with like a like a torn meniscus or something. So that still sucks for them. But eh, we'll see. It's going to be a long season. It's a long season. Who knows what will happen if they can just be you know. They they can get you know past the play in if that's how bad things are gonna be if they can get to the play in, who knows, it can still be kind of successful to, considering all of what has happened before the season even started with this all this all this baloney okay, but still John I know you alluded to this that there's a couple of news some K State news about a certain three star basketball recruit for Coach Tang who just committed to the Cats today. Uh, that's right. Um, so while I pull it up here, it's another big addition for K-State, one of the top three players in the state of Illinois. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but I, I believe Michaela Bridge or something like that. I think Michaela. Something like, yeah, I'll just I'll just wing it right there. We'll figure it out when he gets uh, on the roster and he says his name. Michaela Bridge, he's a wildcat. Six foot seven wing. He just committed to Coach Tang earlier today, I believe around four o'clock. Uh, he did. He'll be rocking K-State's uh, purple, white, and lavender combos this year. Uh, ranked nationally number 129 in, in the entire nation. Number three in the state of Illinois. He now joins Die Die Ames uh, as one of the top prospects as well. He is physical. He has a lot of power. He can drive to the hoop. Uh, just seeing some of the highlights, he can really hammer things uh, inside the inside the paint uh, for for a small forward as well. Um, another big addition for K-State, <laughs> and especially getting it over uh, Coach Gates in Missouri as well. So uh, you always want to win those local recruiting battles. I am, I can't. I know I know. it's, you know, football season just started. I understand. But I, and, they, and K-State men's basketball, they had their first official practice today. Today. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited I am so to just thrilled. see so what ready. happens. Uh-huh. Because the, yeah. the bar, the bar was so low, y'all. The bar, the bar was in hell. Okay, yep. <laughs> those those past three seasons, the bar was so so low. If they just come out and just, I don't, I don't if if we, honestly, if a big can post up, if a if any of the bigs can post up, okay, what is that young man's name who transferred from uh, uh, Naquan Tomlin? Yeah, and there's Naquan Tomlin, and there's the other guy who was at Arkansas, oh. and then went to a smaller school, oh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, Desi Sills. No, but the other guy, he's a big. He's a big. If any of the bigs can just up. post up, have a single post up move in their repertoire, it'll be great because none of our bigs was was doing nothing. Uh, we had a 6-3 guard, you know, leading the team in rebounds. Okay. Oh, I think I think I think the other transfer came from Hofstra. I'm kind of blanking on his name a little bit. I uh, gosh, it's not it's not a difficult name once I actually see it in front of me. I just can't think of it right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's that's how I am. Hey, we'll know his name by the end of the season. I know that's right, Jake. We we thrive on the PA announcers will to yell out the name, exactly. and that's when that's when we'll get a good idea. Man, what, PA was at its prime when we had Rodney Magruder. I Rodney loved that Magruder. Exactly. Still get chills. Oh, man, I wish I was there to to live that. I didn't. I was not familiar with any K State sports before I got here in 2016. That, that's okay. You're that's here right. now. Exactly. You're here now, and you're fully embracing it. Exactly, y'all. I am invested. Okay. You are so. You have gotten invested. That's right. That's the. That's why. If I. I would not have the show if I wasn't invested. Inve- invested okay. to the point where you're now interviewing coaches. Yay! Heck that's yeah. right. See, started from the bottom. Now we is here. You feel we, me? We're, we're at the. We're at the mountaintop, baby. We out the mountaintop. Well, man, not even on the mountaintop. We're still going. Like the peak, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like mountain range. You know. So, st- names and stuff. Somebody from Colorado, please educate Pikes me. Peak. The Himalayas. Yeah. There we go. We ain't there yet. We about leave. We're about a quarter of the way there. Okay, hey, touch the stars. We're making it. We making it. Yes, everybody, please we pat ride. yourselves on the back because we making it here. Because still we got Michaela. Oh, uh, Rich. Rick, Michaela Rich. See, I mean, Michaela see, Rich. why am I so terrible at these names? Last <laughs> week I was call, I was calling you. I don't even know what I was calling you, Jake, but it was something else. I was calling you outside your name. Jacks. It was a lot of jacks. Jack. In my fault. <laughs> it's all good. I'm very proud that I did not mess that up this time around. You're two for two. I am two for two. Damn it, because we getting better around these parks, like yeah. K State basketball. As we hope, we'll be getting better. But like I said, the bar is so damn low that I do believe that they will be so so much better. It's just a lot of. Mm. It's just, 
happiness unknown. Unknown happiness, really, it's like, surrounding this team and how they'll play. Especially when you look at a recruiting class real quickly. Especially. Like, K-State was in the top 10 at one point in the 2023 recruiting class. Like, my Get, damn. Getting rich is going to help is gonna help boost that as well. And also, like, a little bit aside from basketball, huge shout-out to Jerome Tang for getting Ooh. involved with the students. Yes, yeah. Have y'all sir. seen He's doing so much. He like, is, he's always on he's campus. He's a man oh, of man. the people. I love it. I want did, did, to, of course, not to, like, crap on Bruce Weber or anything, because <laughs> I don't know what he did early on in his tenure here, but did he ever do anything like that? Did he ever, like, connect no. with fans as much as Coach Tane is doing? Granted, I don't think there's a, many coaches who even think about doing as much as Coach Tane is doing. Yeah. But I, I don't recall, especially these latter years, my time here at K-State with Bruce Weber, even though, even though some of the years that were good, not just, just, just take out those last three bad ones, I've, I've, never, I've never really seen someone so invested in the students from a coaching position. Yeah. So it's, this is a rarity, and it's a rarity that we all love, and we just, it's just, we love it. it's just a breath of fresh air, if you will. Okay. This, right, this, yeah. is, this is just what it feels like. K-State football tapping that behind in Norman. Breath of fresh air. Getting Michaela Britch on a K-State men's basketball squad that might be coming from the ashes. A breath of fresh air, and we love it. Okay? <sighs> Please breathe that air, everybody. It's clean. It's you can taste yeah, breathe, it. Breathe, Jake. Breathe. You can taste it. There we go. Everybody do that. Wow, go. even through my sinuses, I can do that. <laughs> See, it's meant to be, baby. It is it meant is. to be. So, please, this has been the end of Run It Back. We will be back next Monday here on Wildcat 91.9. Wildcat Night celebrates the return of football at Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites. For more, go to tannersbarandgrill.com. Watch the game on Tanner's large screen TVs and enjoy a bite with family and friends on the patio. And thank you, Tanner's, for your support of the next generation of K-State media stars on Wildcat 91.9. Focus Workforce Management is a hiring organization providing direct hires, staffing, and on-site workforce management service for employers with high-volume employment needs. They are looking to hire the right candidates for the job. They offer flexible scheduling and pay. They can pay up to $16.50 an hour and even up to $500 for bonus pay. Are you interested? You can go to focusjobs.com or you can call 785-323-4567 for questions and more. Shut up and sit down. Wildcat 91.9 celebrates the return of football at Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites. For more, go to tannersbarandgrill.com. Watch the game on Tanner's large screen TVs and enjoy a bite with family and friends on the patio. And thank you, Tanner's, for your support of the next generation of K-State media stars on Wildcat 91.9. This hour of music on Wildcat 91.9 is brought to you by Tanner's Bar and Grill, where the food is homemade, the drinks are cold, and the game is on. Did you see our tweet? Wait, you don't follow us on Twitter? Well, check it out at Wildcat 91.9 FM. Now, back to the music. Music.